0: Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, as always brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Always at, um, I don't have the stuff in front of me. Oh, where Rice right to Ricky Sanchez Jewelers get engaged, 707 we're jewel, Walnut. Where Rice right
1: to Ricky Sanchez Jewelers Jewelers.
0: Get I'm sorry. It's so late. Right? I re-
1: love it, man. This Go is ahead. good because I'm always the one that's tired. And anytime we do a draft or an exciting podcast,
0: you're tired. Yes, I'm tired. So uh, L. Pavorsky Jewelers at, at uh, 707 Walnut, always at com. I am Spike Eskin along with The Wide Awake uh, and probably very happy, Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. I'm very happy, man.
1: This is cool. This is exciting. It was dangerous for a while. It was looking what? very bleak and ugly. But yeah, let's
0: not jump into it too much. Yeah, yeah, like, You're we're, in the we're, Outer we're, Banks, and yeah, I want to hear about it. Well, i <laughs> I am in the Outer Banks. Um it is uh it's nice. We wanted a vacation where we could take the dog and uh you can't really take your dog to the Jersey Shore, but the beaches here are like dog friendly and uh it's more laid back like there's fewer people here. So we've been here all week. It's nice. We're having a good time, you know. Eating that's uh, lovely. Yeah, eating, eating out, you know, uh sitting on the beach a lot. I read uh Chuck Klosterman's whole new book. I started reading Stephen Hyden's new book. listened to a lot of podcasts. So uh I'm not a beach guy, but Val's a beach girl, so. Mm. Um so anyway, back to the podcast. Um the uh the podcast available on Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play. We love your iTunes reviews. They've been coming in more and more and uh definitely more mentioning our left leaning ways, certainly yours. Um uh five stars from Uncle Polly, Mediocrity is gone. Uh, boys, I've been listening for a few years, and whenever you talk about the old regimes and terrible contracts um, – wait. Oh, I crack up whenever you talk about the old regimes and terrible contacts. P.S. The liberal media is junk. Hashtag show you love A+++. Look, and, we have a draft to talk about. I don't want to do iTunes reviews right now. Come on. Well, uh, you're, about. you're
1: going to cut me off after like 45 minutes. I have
0: six hours of things to discuss. I just wanted you to know that there was one left yesterday that said non-liberals need not apply, but he also says – be sure to subscribe to the Furkan Corkmaz Hour companion yeah, podcast. So that's right. I just wanted you to know that. All right, so yeah. let, let's. So we'll jump right into it here. So we, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the rumors before the draft, or the draft, or I don't. I don't know where to start. Like,
1: well, let's s- just say that like it. It got ugly for a second in Rumorville, and we can't. You don't know what's real and what's not. And after the draft, everybody's going to say it's not real. You know, like every, no one's going to say like, yeah, yeah, we almost traded all these guys for that dude. And then, you know, they didn't want to do it. Like no one's going to make that claim. So everyone's going to say, oh, Danny Angel's making shit up. Oh, the Colangelo's are making shit up. Whatever. We're not going to know. It was probably everybody. Everybody sucks.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I who knows? I mean, this is it, it makes for fun Twitter fodder. But I I have a, you know, everything that's out there is out there for a reason. Nobody intercepts a text message or a phone call and reports it that way, right? I mean, it's because somebody told them something. And the fact that the Sixers offers were so explicit, I just, I have a hard time thinking even in their new era of communication that Brian Colangelo is leaking to somebody hey here's our exact offer for the number three pick you know I, I don't know what their what their um, motivation is to do that there's a lot more motivation for the Celtics to do it. I guess what I would say is, yeah why don't we just do the whole trade stuff before we get to the draft anyway um, the i I just at the heart of it i, I don't Underst I don't I don't think you can trade Nerlens Noel unless you're making a superstar trade and I know you said at one point there was the Rockets rumor with Trevor Ariza and Patrick Beverly and though they're they would both be useful players for the Sixers at this point they're both like average role players Trevor Ariza is usually only good in a contract year Patrick Beverly yes good point guard for us but like but to to trade Nerlens noel for those two is, is really, really, really selling low. And I, I just – I can't understand the mindset of trading him without knowing that Embiid is healthy. It just seems like a really bad choice to make. So I wasn't in on any of that.
1: Yeah, I like – I guess I, I was sort of turned by how bad the other offers were, which was the idea that they would trade – I, and I like Chris Dunn, but trade up to three or five. Trade Nerlens Covington and twenty-four and twenty-six, especially when twenty-four and twenty-six became Luau and Korkmaz. But before then, it was looking like people were going to drop anyway. So that that to me was just insane. and I was really sort of disgusted by that. But it seems like league-wide, you know, I think it probably varies from team to team. Um, it seems like league-wide Nerlens's value isn't as high as we think it is. And that's fine. We don't have to trade it. <laughs> like that's, we're not in a situation where we're like, oh man, we we don't need a, a guy to back up Embiid, who can protect the paint and switch on screens. Like we need exactly that. That's exactly what we need. If someone's giving you a lot for him, if if it was say Nerlens for three, then like, okay, fine. But Orleans, is it going to be here for it, a year after this one?
0: But is that really a lot? Is is that I? Because I, I don't. I mean, what do you think the odds are that that player is as productive as Noel is?
1: Well, I think the the best case scenario, let's say of everything of everything good that happens, is that Nerland's is backs up Joel Embiid for a long time. That's still a backup center. Like you're not going to play those guys together much you might play him some, but you're not going to play him much. So, well,
0: but but that best case scenario also includes one in which Joel Embiid is exactly fully yeah, yeah. healthy, right? right? I mean, or at least reasonably healthy. Yeah, sure. we, which is a you know, as much as we'd like to think of it of as course. you know, is still a a iffy proposition. Let's say at best, yes, I think.
1: But if we're, I mean, if we're saying like insurance, you can get a a rim protecting guy, not as good as Nerlands, but you can get a guy. On whether it was the draft, I mean, Deontay Davis is not as good as New Orleans, but he's rim protector, solid rebounder, and he went 31st, I think, 31st. Yeah. And you can get those guys. It, so I think if – I see the logic of saying, well, OK, let's hope that if, – if if Embiid's hurt, we're fucked anyway, you know? Well, like, but, but you I'm can get those guys. Can,
0: can I also say that – like I, are there more – are there as many of those guys as there are – Athletic point guards who can't shoot you know right i mean if if I'm best
1: case scenario but best case scenario it's it's not the best case scenario of one is Nerlens is backing up a healthy Embiid best case scenario of the other one is chris Dunn is a uh, top ten twelve point guard so to me I basically we're not talking about the same thing because right 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 uh because it, that wasn't what was offered Nerlens is expiring and uh what this is his for he's going into his fourth year correct yeah so he'll be a restricted free agent after this season and you're gonna have to pay him probably a max deal i would guess a max max like deal versus four years at rookie scale for the third overall pick or fifth overall pick which was looking like kriston so um i don't know I, I, I it's different because you know you're t- i'm talking to people in the Sixers organization and you're talking to people and see what the value in the league is and it seems like Nerlens just isn't as valued as we value him which is fine let's not trade him but when the rumor was with Covington with 24 and 26 it was just like insane i i would i would do that trade for Jimmy Butler but i wouldn't be like oh this is a steal you know what i'm saying i mean i would do it i would definitely do it i would 100% do it okay but it's still like a pretty hefty package just for The third overall, third or fifth overall pick in what I don't necessarily think is a super bad draft, but is at least seen as uh, not a not a deep at the top draft, right? Not right, a, not right. at in the top guys. Yeah,
0: we, we we went from one day saying this draft, like everybody from three to fourteen was the same, right? To to going, and it's almost like um, when you're bidding on something on eBay and you start off and you only sort of want it, but then you get toward the end and then you just must have it, so you overbid. I feel like yeah. we, we got that way about the. At one point, it would have been nice that we're getting Chris done too. Oh my God, that would be cool if we find a way. But then all of a sudden, it became, at least in terms of the the narrative, the the public narrative. Oh my God, we need to have this. It's like, well, I don't know. We, you know, we're gonna have at least. Three Three. Um, I mean, you hope Saric, and you definitely have Simmons, and you definitely have Embiid coming this year. So that's three rookies playing major roles on the team this year. You know, I, I don't know that we needed another guy. So I'm, am we're, we're, we're together. I'm fine that it didn't happen. Yeah, um, I think it's going to happen though. Is that's what I'm concerned with. I think mm-hmm. that
1: they're gonna, they're gonna trade. From everything I've heard and what it seems like, they want to trade both Nerlens and Jaleel. And and then pick up like a a veteran big man to back up and provide insurance for Embiid. I don't know what, if how they feel about Rashawn at all, but um, it seems like at some point that's gonna happen. Someone's gonna go.
0: Well, they better get rid of Okafor too, because I don't want to live in a world where Noel isn't here, but Okafor is. I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. I don't think I can yeah. handle that world. Yeah, um, we've, had that com- we've had that conversation. Before. I <laughs> yeah. think
1: I think the the it, whether or not you. I don't know. I guess the 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 counter to the argument I was about to say, which is you need a rim protecting center, the counter is what I said before, which is you can find that guy. You can find an Ion Mahinmi or something, or you know, Montrez Harrell, those kinds of big guys who can get rebounds and not Montrez is not the best example, but you can find those guys in the second round and just say, Hey, don't do anything but like stand under the basket, block shots and catch the ball when it's like lobbed to you. And I think that's people generally undervaluing how difficult that is. It seems easy because, you know, we're all short guys, or most of us are short guys that aren't Brandon or Wes. Uh, we're all we're saying, like, oh, you're just big guy, you just dunk it and block and just be tall. But it's about like body control. It's about awareness. It's about a lot of things and playing within a system and sort of, you know, depending on the defense, sometimes the big guy is like in charge of the defense in, in a in a sense.
0: For anyone um, listening, you were just name checking Wesley Share and Brandon Galton. Yeah Brandon uh, yeah, you know, I, I, didn't, I was like Brandon or West, who are you? Oh, <laughs> the only Our, tall guys we know. The only tall guys, yeah. Right. Um
1: anyway, I I think it's gonna happen eventually and I'm sort of worried about it. But in terms of the Patrick Beverly, Trevor Reza trade, um I was in my in my tweets, I was throwing in 37 because I just wanted like a little something. So pe- let's say it was Beverly, Ariza, and 37. Um, I I, I would have been fine with that compared to what I think they're going to get and what was tabled tonight. Um, I would have been fine with Beverly, Ariza, and 37. Because the contracts are great. Beverly's Beverly's super cheap for three more years. Ariza is very cheap for two more years. They both can shoot. They both can play defense. Uh, you can say, like, yo, they're not, you know, they don't matter enough to make us contenders. But I think we, we, we can see what the Sixers want to do, which is surround Embiid and, and Simmons with a real team that they can grow with and play well with, not just, like, be young and only concentrate on development, like we have to adjust our reality of what we expect we can 't expect them to be hinky and be as patient as they used to be. I think they want to win ball games and be respectable and like we may basically what i 'm saying is we may have to walk through mediocrity to get to the other side it doesn 't mean we 're like topping out of mediocrity if that team wins. 30 35 games that doesn't mean oh the team's gonna be mediocre forever it just means like here's where we are now so it's, they're not gonna go from like 20 wins to like 55
0: yeah i i uh well first of all if you if you're adding beverly and Areza to your starting lineup you better get another guy who your your two guard better know how to dribble because patrick beverly is a uh he is the right kind of point guard for right next to James Harden because he's not really a good passer, and he's an okay ball handler. He's, he's a good defender and shooter, but then your starting lineup, Trevor Ariza can't dribble. Uh, Patrick Beverly can't dribble, really. I mean – it's, it's sort of a weird starting lineup. I, I still don't think that's enough, but whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what? We'll react to it whenever it happens, we'll, whenever it that is. That we'll, yeah. So we will We will blather on about it. How about that? We'll blather. We'll blather and blather. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be happy about it. So I got to tell you, I was like misty-eyed when they picked uh, Ben Simmons. I was so really? excited. Yeah. I was sitting here, and I think Val – I'll find out from her, but I think she was taking pictures of me being like grinny and misty-eyed. Um, I was
1: too I was too busy already getting upset about a trade that didn't happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was ready. I was right there for it.
0: Oh, and I want to give credit to by the way, I mean not that it's surprising, but the number of a Sixers fans at the draft, I mean clearly outnumbering every other Huge. fan there. And Huge. and processy Sixers fans, of course, there were uh, lottery party t shirts on TV, and the guy who had the Hinky died for our sins, uh, died for your sins, uh, sign. Wait, I have his name somewhere because uh, Sean Blanda was his name, and his the sign they tried to take the sign away from him at the Barclays Center, which I think is hilarious, too. Well, I- why do they do that? Do you I, know why I don't know. There's a picture of a guard like taking it away from him. And he said that he said that they came to their senses and because they're so I think we are so um, used to how weird we are. And like everybody else is looking at that. And he, she's like, I don't know. Is this something in code? Is this terrorism? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like if you're a security <laughs> guard, what, that, what does that even mean? That sign. So um, I think being a Sixers fan is a form of terrorism. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's. I said earlier, I was really proud watching it at how persistent and annoying – our group of fans is I mean they are did you see them taunting the Celtics fans when they picked um, when they made their pick at three like there were Sixers fans laughing and pointing (laughs) at Celtics fans (laughs) like here are the Celtics they won a championship four years ago you know what I mean like they've rebuilt on the fly and we're laughing at them (laughs) Um, but uh, when they picked Simmons I was just gassed man it was really it's just a really we finally got the guy you know and uh, it might turn out that and bead is a better player than Simmons and more important in the grand scheme of things. But I think um just getting the guy for once was pretty exciting. And it made me it just made me happy. It just felt like we did it again. It felt like the lottery party again.
1: Yeah, I mean yes.
0: I once in a while tried to
1: like remind myself of that and like tweeted a couple like, okay, one second, let's be excited, and now we're pissed off again. But uh yeah, I mean, he's the dude. I, I wish he was, you know, the jump the jumper is a concern. It's always been a concern. It led me to rank Ingram over him for much of the season. And then eventually coming around to just the upside. Um, So I really want him to develop a jumper. Brett Brown said he wasn't going to just give him the ball right away and just have him be point guard. He wants him to play four, which is fine. I mean... He's going to handle the ball a lot. That's what he's good at. They're not just going to tell him to like set screens and catch lobs. He's going to be initiating a lot of the offense. Um,
0: well, and I think you can see, you know, bad habits can develop on a bad team when you have the ball all the time. And I think we saw that. You know, I don't want everything to rest on him every play. So I think he'll he'll initiate. He'll, I, I think he'll handle the ball plenty. And I think a, a lot will. A lot will be determined on who who else is in the the lineup with him too. I mean, who else is playing with him? Yeah. Um, you know, right now they don't really have anybody else they can initiate offense. So, um, so it's gonna have to be a lot of him. But yeah, I and he was gonna start it. I mean, officially he was gonna start it for anyway. I mean, there was yeah, always gonna was, be a point guard. It was, yeah. It's
1: not like Brett Brown is is like sitting. <laughs> he's like making huge decisions right now
0: yes. that are going to, yeah. like,
1: impact. They just drafted him. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to make him be point guard right away. Like, hold on a second. He's a kid. Um, so I, I'm not – I think any sort of, like, draft night panic of, like, what somebody says is uh, is frequently overblown. Um, but, yeah, so then they didn't trade for Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn went to the Wolves, and it looks like that a Jimmy Butler trade might happen, but – that's sort of been put to bed for a little, and um, and then a bunch of guys just went. It was a weird draft. It started getting weird. When did it officially get weird? Like a little. Well, it, there was,
0: I mean the the Thon Maker. Thon, yeah, Thon thing. Maker
1: was like reported over the course of the day, and that's that got crazy. And then uh, and then the Thunder trade was. Very strange. Do you see that?
0: Yeah. And well, first about the, the Thon Maker thing, I mean, the weirdest thing about that was that early in the day, it was that the guy is 22 or 23 and not 19 or 18. And because of that, he's definitely not going in the first round. And then it goes from that until if it goes from that to he's going at number two. You know, or go number ten rather, and I would say actually it got weird at three. Jalen Brown at three seemed weird to me based on everything that I read. I I didn't see him going at three. You know I didn't that that seems strange to me. But yeah, yeah. It's,
1: I mean they took a swing. It was the same. It would have been the same business if they took Marquise Chris. It would have just been like, hey, we don't like any of these guys enough. We think all these dudes, Jamal Murray, Buddy uh, Buddy Healed, Dragon Bender, whatever. We think they top out as role players. So let's get a guy, whether it's Jalen Brown or Marquise Chris, who's like, "Yo, we think this dude could be the dude." I don't think Jalen Brown's that guy, but he certainly has the body to become like a physical force in the NBA, and he's he's already pretty good on defense. So who knows? I, I don't I I don't like the pick, but for Boston, every other pick would have also been adding to their glut of like pretty good guys. So. They should have traded it. I don't know what I don't know what they would have happened, but they should have traded it.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. They were in. It. It really feels like they. uh, It felt like the eagle when the eagles picked. Um. Uh. What's his name? Uh. When they traded down the uh the linebacker uh, two years ago when when they kept they traded down once who's the linebacker that hasn't even gotten on the field yet? Um. Hold on. Michael Kendricks? No, 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 no. The guy who hasn't gotten on the field at all. Uh, Outside linebacker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know,
1: man. I'm thinking Matt McCoy. Marcus Smith.
0: No, no, Marcus Smith. Like when they they took Marcus Smith, it was almost like when they picked him, they didn't think they were going to have to make the pick there. And all of a sudden the trade didn't happen and and they had to panic and make a pick. That's sort of the way it felt with the Celtics. But I think they definitely thought they were going to trade that. So yeah, Yeah. so then Maker gets traded at 10 and then there's the weird uh, Orlando and Oklahoma City trade. I love it. I, I I think it actually makes sense for both. I mean, but I, I, um, I think the Thunder
1: and you know they did this with Harden, but they're trying to get out from, they're trying to trade a guy before before his value is like totally gone, and you have to re- and you have to he's just an expiring contract, which would be like at the deadline or or let him walk for nothing.
0: Well, and and you see him by the way. You see him. Wait, are we, we're talking about. About yeah. yeah. Well, and you see him during the playoffs, he's sort of like the the emergence of Steven Adams has left him in a weird almost in a nurlands esque spot. Now at least he sort can of. he can
1: shoot, he can and he shoot can, but he can defend like most positions.
0: But def- defensively, that what he's best at, it seems it's like perfect. he yeah, he isn't able to do that because that's what Adams is doing. So exactly. So um, that's
1: the thing is for me, it's like that's exactly the cut there's so few guys that can at the power four position, step out and hit a three and also like protect the paint, which is why, I mean, you need him next to, that's what Jaleel needs a guy next, like that to play next to. And so did Vucevic. So like, it's pretty perfect for, for Orlando to, to make
0: that, that covers up a lot of Vucevic's flaws. So, so they gave up Oladipo they gave up Sabonis and what would the oh uh the uh what's his name the big huge uh three pointing three point shooting Euro guy um the guy that they got from the Bucks.
1: yeah yeah what's his name
0: um oh man it's been a long day oh that's uh, so a long hit. day for you huh it's been, yeah so the, the guy in the Brandon Jennings trade first time Elias um
1: And then for Ibaka, which is – I mean, Orlando has to max out Ibaka after the season, which is fine. He's only 26, which is crazy. Um, But now the Thunder go into next season with, like, tremendous guard play. They don't have to pay Dion Waiters. Um, Oladipo next to Westbrook is, like, a really cool thing. I don't know how it's going to look like. They're kind of the similar player.
0: Yeah, Oladipo's uh, a little undersized for a two, it seems like, but he's yeah, but not West, really a point guard. Yeah, Westbrook
1: can cover, they can cover anybody. Between the two of them, they can cover any two, two guards in the league. Um, and uh, they're just going to be out in transition. They're moving. The cool thing is that you saw Durant playing the four more in the playoffs and protecting the rim more, especially against Golden State. And now they're just pretty much saying, okay, well, we need you to do that more often because we're losing our best rim protector
0: adams can protect the pain also but don't uh, you still sort of think he might leave i still sort of think he might leave no i don't think so you
1: said you didn't think didn't we have a podcast when you said there's no way he stays or like earlier this yeah. year
0: yeah yeah i mean i said that most of the year and i thought the run they went on maybe changed it a little bit but if yeah. he was gonna stay i think he would just stay right i mean he, like, he's never been
1: he's never been anywhere else i think some guys like to just hear like the the wine and dine. They like to hear the –
0: Be romanced a little bit. Yeah, a
1: little bit. Like my friend just switched agencies and it was – she was like – it was so cool just to go –
0: It's nice to feel wanted.
1: Yeah, it's nice to feel yeah. wanted and feel them – like the big the big shot coming in there and be like, we're going to get you on all these shows. We're going to – you're going to be a superstar, like that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so I think that he might just want that a little bit. Like he – I think he'll end up staying – I think he'll do the LeBron thing where he gets like a two-year deal with options for himself after that. Hmm. I think I think that kind of thing because the cap's going to keep going up for the next few years, and uh, and who knows what's going to happen with Russ. So I I don't think he's just going to sign a five year max. I think he'll do like a two year like with options sort of deal.
0: Did you uh, see this uh, Georgios Papagianis or whatever going at thirteen? Was that supposed to no. happen? No, okay. no, it's All not.
1: Right. I have okay. no idea. I've looked. I've I haven't even watched a single thing about this dude. I don't know anything about him. Now part of that is because. I wasn't focusing on big men because uh, the Sixers obviously weren't going to draft one. But, I mean, here's the thing. Is that The Kings ended up with uh, with uh, Scal also. Yeah. So if you just say, okay, they got Scal at 13 and Papillanes at 28, then it's like, all right, that doesn't – it's not as offensive. But it's still like – I don't know. I don't know what the Kings are doing. I don't know what a lot of teams are doing. The Nuggets got three guys who can shoot in Hernan Gomez – and uh, who else? What's his name? They got Jamal Murray, Hernan Gomez, and Malik Beasley, which all those guys can shoot. They're going to be decent NBA shooters. But like now you have Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and Malik Beasley that you spent three first-round picks on in the last two years. What are they doing? What are the Nuggets doing? I don't know. Weird team. Wade Baldwin fell to 17, which is not that much of a fall, I guess. Uh, fell to 17 for Memphis um that's pretty good insurance policy for if if Mike Conley doesn't sign it was a fun draft man I really liked it the Hawks any thoughts on the Hawks you got so many Hawks guys well Tony and DeAndre Bembry very Hawksy
0: well yeah now all I know about Tony and Prince is that he looks like the Hawks guy that left with the hair uh the guy that went to Toronto um right, Carol. yes so, yeah. um, is he does he play like him? I don't even I don't know anything. Oh, is this the guy wait, this is the guy who gave the quote about the rebounds, yeah. right? Rebound. Okay. Baylor. Uh, he's
1: he's like he's got a good engine, he can shoot, he's got a kind of a weird shot. I don't know if I love the shot, but he hits shots. He's sort of like he's a little bit like Jeremy, honestly. Not not quite the rim protector, but like athletic and like toolsy and like a little bit out of control, had to do more. I don't know. I mean, uh, he's sort of a prototypical 3 and D guy. A smaller Jeremy, I think, is a good count, count for him. Now, I like.
0: Him. I was about to say um, Denzel Valentine at Fort – I love. I liked him. I liked watching him. Yeah, I think just worry about his
1: deep. knees. Everyone yeah. – the report about his knees came out. So you don't – I mean that's the thing. That's the stuff we don't know, that when guys fall – like Demetrius Jackson fell a ton. And it's like maybe he has bad friends or maybe he yeah, like yeah. has a weird foot. Like you just don't know. Like that's the thing with the draft is that you make all these scattering reports and you make your big boards and yours is based on YouTube and then, well,
0: let's be honest. Most people's is based on YouTube. That's well, I, at least I'm honest you, about like, it.
1: You like invented the YouTube big board. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but we don't know, we don't know these guys. We don't talk to them. There's, there's stuff in interviews that you just don't, I mean the NBA thought that Deontay Davis was going to be a lottery pick. And then he sat and waited for 17 picks after the lottery ended. So it's, it's super bizarre. It's a weird it's the draft is still like very odd and weird well, because there's there's this group think about like you get set into like all right well they're going these guys are going to go here these guys are going to go here and people talk about oh you know you don't know it's fluctuated and stuff but like unless a team says yes we're going to pick this guy and then pay him millions of dollars he's not going to go there. It's super it's a it's a very bizarre that there's like all these predictors and a lot of times they're right, but then there's some times where you're just like, Oh, that guy fell so much further than everybody thought he was gonna fall.
0: Well and and the the Thon Maker thing is a It's out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just it was very, very strange because even when when they first ruled that he was eligible all of the reports were hey this guy isn't anywhere near as good as we thought he was you know what i mean like there was the the, he was like a youtube sensation about a year and a half ago and then all of a sudden when they saw him playing against legit guys he didn't seem anywhere near as attractive so he became late first early second and then all of a sudden everyone thought he's 23 and then they're definitely second and then he goes 10 uh it was it was very strange the one thing i did want to say about the bulls and the uh the uh, from Valentine, you know the Derrick Rose trade. I, everybody's laughing at the Knicks, and it probably won't work out. But I didn't think it was that bad of a shot in the dark for a team that doesn't have a first round pick to maybe give it a try. I mean, I Robert? about New York? Yeah, I, it didn't seem like a bad what deal a to me. Derrick Rose, like I look, but I, for what? For what they gave up, I, I don't think. Oh, no, that, I'm
1: asking like, what's the tr- what are we? What do you think? What's the best case scenario of that trade
0: of Derrick Rose? Well, the best case scenario is he plays seventy-five games and he's really good again.
1: And then you have to sign him to a max contract. Yeah, and but a free... but, then,
0: but then he he becomes worth it. You, you don't you know what I mean? Like then he becomes worth the worst. I think the worst case scenario is he stinks and he's gone. And so you lost Robin Lopez. And let's be honest about Jaron Grant, like. He might be a backup point guard in the league, but he still can't shoot. And he's probably, what, 23 or 24? Like he's an old – he was an old rookie, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not you – know, Robin Lopez is a good player and you gave up a good player. But I thought it was worth the shot for it again with – it for a team who doesn't have a first-round pick and who's, who's free agency – prospects are probably limited by how they've played. I thought it was worth a try. Look, I don't like Derrick Rose at all, and I don't even think he really likes basketball all that much anymore. But I thought it was worth a try. I, the People were shitting on the Knicks. I didn't think it was a bad deal. I didn't. I, 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 you
1: think, I think your logic is that they don't have a first-round pick, so they should trade their first-round pick from last year. I don't know that I agree with that logic well, for a, for a one-year rental.
0: Well, but Jaron Grant is not – was he a first- or a second-round pick? Was he a first-round first, pick? He was a
1: first-round pick last but year.
0: He was – but he's not like – that good, right? I mean, he's he's not. I I like
1: him in the pick and roll. I think he's he's a fine defensive player. I think I think he could be a starting point guard in the NBA. I think he could be like, if if he gets a shot and he's surrounded by the right players, I think he could be like Drew level.
0: Well, but okay, but I. Uh, we're not going to do a Jaron Grant p- podcast here. Why but, not? But Well, because how can you be a good pick-and-roll player if you can't shoot? I mean, the Le- league figured him out in about 15 games, and all of a sudden he didn't play anymore because he can't shoot. P- uh, a pick-and-roll doesn't work real well if you can't shoot. There's there's no reason. You just go under it. It's not a big deal. Like I think they figured that out. If he can figure out how to shoot, he'll be pretty good. But if he can't, then – I don't know. I just I thought it was worth a shot. I didn't think it was a I didn't think it was a crazy. I didn't think it was an overpay. I thought it was a, a reasonable shot they took. But um, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't mind Chicago obviously getting out from under it. Like I don't. I think that's.
0: Yeah. I mean, they had to, I mean, had to move on. I
1: I would have been surprised if they traded Jimmy. Like especially trading Jimmy to like Tibbs in Minnesota. It feels like. It just feels it feels bizarre. It feels like they don't know. I think they know exactly. How it looks. They're like, yeah, fucking Jimmy Butler's probably an asshole. We don't really yes. like being around him. He's probably a dick. But uh, we can't be the guys who trade Jimmy Butler. He's in his prime. Like we just signed him to a very fair max contract.
0: See, they 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 should I mean if, if a team needs a hinky treatment, because is as good as um, I think we differ on how good we think Jimmy Butler is, but we both think he's good, but he's yeah. definitely not the best player on a championship team. And I I, I don't know how you get like if you're the Bulls, how do you get there from here at this point? You know because you're not going to draft high enough to get there from here, and your 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 projection for the next three to five years is you know is what or you're never going to challenge for the the conference. I would re, I would trade I would get a better deal than was offered. Um, because I think what was Minnesota offering five and Zach Levine or something, you know, um, I would see if there's something better out there, but I would really consider blowing it up if I'm Chicago rather.
1: I don't know. I think, I think you, I mean, I think Jimmy Butler could be your best or second best player on a, on a championship team. I think he needs a lot of help. He's not, he's not going to, you can't put him on the teams that LeBron played on. Um, but I think he's a top 10, 15 player in the league and, and getting better. Well, but best
0: player on championship team, remember the the possible championship teams from this year were Cleveland, Oklahoma city, golden state, and he's nowhere close to the best players on any of those teams. Right.
1: But I think I mean, you could say that like James Harden could be the best player in a championship team or he he came close. Sure, last I, year, at least. And I think that he, I think Jimmy's a more well-rounded player. And I think, I don't know. Hmm. I think he's, I think he's close enough to where. where you know he's not Rudy Gay he's not guys where you're like oh just feeding this like shitty guy he's a he's a potential he's a two-way star like right now whether or not he's a best player on the championship team is he has to get a lot better and has to be surrounded by better players but I think you would he's the kind of the kind of thing where you're like all right we have this dude and we should build around him but they for whatever reason just did a bad job the past few years of like finding good players to be around him like Doug McDermott was an awful pick. Your dad, I think, wanted him very much.
0: A lot of guys uh, wanted him. Uh, yeah, but they were all wrong. Yes.
1: And then, I didn't just want like him. good. That's why. That's why we have a podcast together because you don't want Doug McDermott. Yeah. Um. But there's a lot of guys. I think that they
0: they there's they're, they're well, they, in for they like sh- a
1: two year re a two year mini mini rebuild.
0: They sort of struck out in free age. I mean, they went for Mellow. They didn't get it, and then they, you know, um, what's his name? Noah sort of fell apart. Um. Yeah. You know, I and and with all the the Tib stuff, I mean, he um, sort of ran a lot of those guys into the ground. I, I wonder yeah. what would have happened if he wasn't there doing that. So, um, so we haven't yet talked about the fact that with Brian Brian Colangelo's twenty four and twenty six picks were like love letters to the podcast and and like all anyone wanted with twenty four and twenty six. When it got there, was just give us Luwau and Corkmas, and it happened. I didn't.
1: Th- I didn't think Luwau was going to fall at all. <laughs> I didn't think that it was even close to happening. But like, it's weird. I want to hold it against him because he didn't want to make those picks. Whether or not the the exact rumors were true, the en- enough smoke about the Sixers trying to trade up and trade all these other stuff and trying to like get out from under whatever. It seemed like he really wanted to not make both of those picks. And he said, like, we're probably not going to make both of those picks. Like, he he said that to the press, like, feeling like a bunch of times. But guys fell. Even if he was jittery at first, it seemed like they got patient and saw, okay, we like a lot of these dudes. And then Luau fell to them. And they didn't work out Luau. They didn't talk to him. Jake Pivorski asked Tim hey, what do you know about the Sixers? And Tim said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> which is Which is great. Yeah. It's they just great. Took and they're like, hey, he's the best guy. We didn't think we had a shot at him. We have a shot at him. And this is why Hinkie's great, because he worked out everybody and would know all the stuff about everybody. And Anyway, whatever. Uh, but then they just sat there and they took a very good player at 24 with the potential to be really good. And then a pretty good player at 26 with that needs to fill out his body. Uh, but as a scorer, can shoot very
0: athletic. Yeah, good dunker. You got it. If you haven't watched it, watch his YouTube dunk contest where he uh he dunks over a couple eating dinner at a table, like uh, at a dinner table, and he also does a dunk dressed as Darth Vader um and takes off the mask while he's dunking. So I got
1: I got to rewatch all of that stuff. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. You definitely do. But is definitely not coming over next year according to David Pick. Um, which is good because we're probably not going to have the roster spots for him. Um, but Corkma is definitely not coming over, and I think Luawu is a possibility that he'll come over. So, um, but yeah, it was a—I don't know—it was it was perfect. I mean, those are if we're gonna t- if we're gonna use those picks for people, um, those are the two guys. They were he, they were both guys were I mean. Both guys were on my YouTube board, and Luau, you had ranked, what, like three overall or two? I had uh, five. 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 Um, I had Corkmaz five, and I think I had Luau ninth or eighth or something like that. And I think it seemed like Sixers Twitter, our version of Sixers Twitter, was all excited about it. So, you know, I don't know. It was a – at this point, it's a good draft. It's so good. It's so good. And
1: especially with the concerns, you know, when they were – there was like a string of weird picks and like big men and guys that the Sixers have no interest in and I'm like they're gonna they're gonna have a chance to get a couple of these guys that I love and I really wanted Bembry, and I figured that the Sixers would really want Benbury but he went to the Hawks at 21 and ju- it just was like looking good looking good and he started putting the pieces together and we're like hey they don't need a guard they might get somebody I thought they were gonna take Demetrius Jackson and they ended up falling to 45 which is crazy um but they just got two guys who I think are gonna be really good. I it seems like Luau is gonna come over right away. Um between Luau and uh who has a second uh, a hyphenated last name, which I don't
0: yeah, yet, yeah, yeah. yet know
1: how to pronounce, so I'm I i got to work on pronouncing it. Um him, Korkmaz and Saric all share an agent. Saric and Korkmaz are teammates. So, I don't know what kind of stuff that'll play into it. You know, Colangelo is Mr. Agent guy, so hopefully that works out. I would like all three of them to come over this year. Um, Maybe that's too much, but I would like them to, you know, as much as I love Staskus, I'd like them to beat Staskus out for a roster roster spot. Um, I want Isaiah Cannon ex- exceedingly off the team.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's definite that Corkmaz is not coming over this year. So well, that's what I read.
1: Colangelo, so. at least the, this guy David Pick, yes, said that he's not coming over. But Colangelo said that he thinks he is. So I don't know. It's a it's a post draft co- press conference, and I'm sure he wants to you know. Well, he if, had
0: never heard of him either. I mean, <laughs> in sure, fairness, sure. yeah. He if, went
1: to him, like confidence and stuff, and yeah. I doubt that the. Beat writers like the idea of a draft and stash, whatever, so he's probably trying to make them happy, all that. Um, but it's great. I mean, I'm not going to say Max wrote this article uh, a few days after Clangelo came in, Brian, saying like basically trying to temper everybody and say, yo, this whole thing sucked kicking hinky out well first of all jerry coming in all the shit just sucked kicking hinky out and then jerry hiring his son with like no interview process whatsoever it sucked it was always going to suck it sucked the whole time but that doesn't necessarily mean that colangelo is a bad gm that's and I, true and i didn't want to hear it then <laughs> i did i really just it's so easy and so much more comforting when ownership like totally shit the bed on how everything was going down um it's so much easier to just be like, everyone sucks. Everyone's an idiot. This is just going to go up in flames. And then Colangelo just like talked to the press forever. And the press wrote like bullshit fluff pieces about him. And it, it's, it just, you know, we sided with process. We sided with Hinky, So it was, it's easy to see Colangelo as like the enemy to, to some extent. Um, but like he went out, he took the best player in the draft whether or not – however things shook out, whether it was I'm going to go try to go get Chris Dunn or whatever, if it was – if the offer was true or not, whatever. He didn't make it happen. The offer didn't happen. He didn't go as far in one direction as a team wanted him to go. And so the offer – the trade didn't happen. And then he finally sat there at 24 and 26 and just took two guys who we love, who are great, Here's who- if one of them, is, if one of them is a stash, then fine. Stash guys, stashes are great. Let them keep let let corkmans keep developing, for free, and then bring them in a year or two years or whatever. That's, I mean, the tide has certainly turned a lot
0: in the last six hours. So, okay, so I the the tide hasn't turned that much for me. It, really? but, but Well, but I'm more in the middle than you are. See, here's what I think. I'm not going to crush him because some rumor came out that may or may not have sure. been true. I, I don't have any interest in that Like because here's the deal. If, if and when he does something actually stupid, we will have plenty of time to crush him for that. So I'm not going to wear out my energy on a Nerland's Noel rumor. I will save my energy for when he trades him for half his value and I'll crush him then but to that same extent i'm not going to so you know the confirmation bias of saying he picked who i wanted him to pick like i i I don't know that either his job is to pick right not to pick who i wanted him to pick and all i remember i'm right it's the only (laughs) right (laughs) I, i will say this and and You know, when – and we could argue from now to eternity about how good he actually is. But when the Sixers took Nick Vucevic, we all ripped that to shreds. Everyone, he can't jump and blah, blah, blah. And the guy, say what you want, certainly has outperformed his draft position and is a legitimate player. And the the reality is is that we don't know much about uh, these guys, you know. Um, Guys like Luau and Korkmaz especially because there's – There's just not as much to see of them. So um, I am not going to crown him because he had the first – essentially had the first pick and took Ben Simmons and then sat Pat at 24 and 26 potentially because he couldn't get anything done and took those guys. I am happy with what they did. Like my thing with with Brian Colangelo has been don't fuck this up. Like there's so much here. Just don't screw it up and he didn't screw it up tonight and that's what I'll say for him. He did not screw it up.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, fair. Um, and I, yeah, I think I think we want to, and everybody. This isn't just people that write for the Sixers or podcasts about the Sixers. Is people that you know are on Twitter and scream at me about my big board. Uh, everybody wants to think that their opinions are right, or at least like, hey, I feel like I am watching these guys. I feel right. like I could judge that these are good. And if someone, if someone in, in an NBA organization picks make selections that reflect that, then I feel like, yes, exactly. He's doing something smart because I think it also. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. Um, But at least theoretically, let's, let's, let's ignore if these guys are good players or not. He didn't make a trade to, you know, I think there were a ton of people trying to get out of the first round and then into the second round, which is interesting. There were a ton of people trying to get out of the first round for whatever reason. And then it seemed like reports were that Colangelo also wanted to not make the picks at 24 and 26, which for me is like Hinky would have done the opposite, which is, Oh, you want to get out of everybody wants to get out of the first round. Okay. I'll get in. I'll find the, the advantage there. And which to me, it looks like it's a huge advantage to have a bunch of draft picks on your team, you know, signed veterans and free agency, whatever. But if your role, if you can develop role players, on the cheap because rookie scales are so cheap compared to how much you're gonna have to pay free agents in this off season. Like I, I would like NBA ready seniors, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Valentine, like Robert Carter, like guys that can make a difference right away and just be like, Oh, you want me to do this thing? Just this thing. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Sheldon McClellan. Like there's a bunch of dudes that, that were available. He he didn't, he didn't, I would have liked him to take him, but he didn't take him. But the fact that he took two guys who are not just like ready right now right, in their scouting right, report—it's right. not like oh he's just wants guys who can perform right away. He he took the best, you know. I don't think that I, I would have taken McCaw over Corkmus, but he took a guy. He took the the best player available. It, was it the best player available? Was it a little bit about fit? Sure, but. It also, there's opportunity. It's not just, you know, maybe they thought Deontay Davis was better, but whatever.
0: Well, and, I, and let's be honest, fit with the Sixers right now is just do not take a center. Just don't yeah, take a center. It's just they're they're not any fits. To yeah. play a guy. Yeah.
1: Not so much as like, oh, do these guys mesh well together? Which is my, you know, which is some people's issue with Chris Dunn. I think ultimately it's just like, let's go get, if you think he's the best player at that spot, go get the best player at that spot. Um, We've just been joined
0: yeah. by Rebel, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah. Wait, Rebels on vacation with you? Yeah, we brought him to. The, we wanted a dog friendly baby hey, buddy. I'm um, uh, very concerned
1: that they were going to take Malachi Richardson, who Keith Pompey loves unconditionally. And I'm glad that Malachi went a couple picks before. I was worried that they'd take DeJounte Murray, who went uh, a couple picks after to the Spurs, which is great for him because they'll need time to develop and like learn how to shoot a basketball. Um, again, as you always say. But still, how are you people so good at basketball and on all these prospect lists and play basketball their whole life and they can't shoot? Like I don't necessarily understand it. I sort of don't. Especially if you're athletic. Like don't you know what teams are looking for?
0: Yeah, just learn how to shoot. It's basketball for God's sake.
1: If I'm a a 13-year-old and saying like, yo, I'm like 6'6 or I'm going to become 6'6, I have a chance. I'm super athletic. I'm going to turn myself into a great jump shooter also. Because then all of a sudden I'm a three and D guy. Like aren't shouldn't oh. there be people like th- t- telling them that or are they just too young and they're just having fun dunking?
0: Yeah, and what what the hell yeah, what the hell else are you practicing, right? Um uh by the way, um you, I I should say you don't know if you can always trust a Colangelo, but you can always uh trust the Pavorski, Mike. And uh, I think it's about time we talk about our sponsor, uh L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers.
1: Please. You know them, don't you? Well, him, yes.
0: yeah. Lee Lee Pavorsky. Look. Do you have a, a thing printed out or no? Um, yeah, I have my I have my thing in front of me. Why? Uh,
1: okay, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't sure. I thought you were going to be flying off the handle. I was no, excited. No,
0: no, no, no. I'm not flying off the handle. Look, Mike. I want to talk to you about engagement rings, right? Thank you. Please. Eventually, you might need to know that, right? And uh, it can be it can be scary an engagement ring. And this is a purchase you're hope you're hopeful it's going to last the rest of her life. And not just the woman, uh, but the ring as well. There's a lot of pressure. You hear a lot of ads on TV, on radio for jewelry stores with uh, you know salesmen that will pressure you into buying something you don't want. You could buy it off a website, but you know then you don't get to talk to anybody at all. Why not go to a guy that gets in fights on Twitter about the Sixers with people? That's LL L. Pavorsky. Look, we've had I think 13 engagement rings sold through LL. L. Um, through listeners of the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast and everybody tells us the same thing that they when they send us an email they couldn't believe what a great great experience it it was so here's how you do it if you want to you want an appointment with Lee the best thing to do is to contact him before you go in there now you can just stop in there but you should contact him first tweet at him email him call him, Lee will get right back to you, you'll go into the store, he'll lay out all of the different engagement ring things, you know, the stones and the settings and the bands, you'll pick it out, and then you'll go home, and you'll think about it, and then you'll Go back, and then you'll buy the ring, and everybody will be happy, especially you, and especially your fiance. So, LL Pavorsky Jewelers uh, online at llpavorski.com, seven zero seven Walnut. You can tweet them at L. L. Uh The phone number two one five uh oh there we go six two seven two two five two. And for every podcast, LL Pavorsky makes a generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and Rain. Uh, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing. Not, not
1: today. All Too right. much draft. Do you want I'm just to happy I don't, have, I don't have a headache, which is huge. Last year I had a headache uh, from, yeah. from waiting the for them to make trades, yeah. and then I got a migraine and threw up the next day. So I feel great. I drank a lot of water. That was important. I feel good. Do you want good. to go I'm through still, some uh,
0: guys that didn't get drafted that you want them to bring into camp?
1: Not yet, because people okay. keep reporting uh, – like, oh, this guy already has a like Ron Baker's already signed with the Knicks, uh, Robert Carter's with the Warriors. Um, all these guys are getting invited somewhere. I, I will find it say it's interesting that like it seemed like once the first once once Colangelo made their second pick, he was talking to the press and I think he was just like, Yeah, yeah, yeah we're no, yeah. we're good. Which is funny because there was that whole article that was it Pompey that wrote that article? Uh,
0: the Man of Action? Yes. Um, yes, he is the best-dressed um, general manager in the league. He's always on <laughs> his phone. And uh, and he didn't make any trades. And, and that's it's fine.
1: Fun. It's fine, but just the whole article of being like, you guys aren't even ready. You thought you had trades with Hinky? Well, look out. This guy has a tailor and also a BlackBerry. And, uh, I mean, he didn't make any trades (laughs) and he like went to bed at like 1030, which is fine. He made his, he made his picks. It is. I mean, there's guys that like people are working the phones right now to get guys into training camp. I don't know if the Sixers staff are doing that right now, but a lot of teams are saying like, you know, Houston had Gary Payton, the second locked up to a three year deal right after the draft ended and, uh, nobody else. Sixers got nothing.
0: Well, the, the next news we'll expect is the Sarich news, and then I expect some sort of trade in the coming weeks, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, and remember, the, the Harden trade happened like in October, I think, so – you know, the, an Okafer-Noel trade doesn't have to happen soon, it, you know? It <laughs> no, could, it,
1: I, but I really, really wanted it to. <laughs> I would like the conversation to end as quickly as possible.
0: Well, I don't think you understand. That guy, Okafer, he is just 19 years old and gets 20 and 10 uh, rolling right out of bed. I don't think you—
1: Is it. Is it surprising to you that it seems, the perception at least, is that Jaleel's trade value is uh, stronger league-wide than, than New is?
0: no is that the perception why would it be the perception and then they would try i got the feeling that they were that they had moved on to Neurlands because okafor's wasn't high enough
1: it seemed everything everything i've heard from other teams some people in the organization that it's like yeah Neurlands isn't pulling much at all eh. maybe it's maybe it's the contract maybe it's personality
0: eh, i'll believe it when i see it that would be surprising to me
1: i mean Whether or not it was real, there were multiple different outlets claiming that it was Nerlens Covington and two picks for three, which is insane. I mean, that's crazy. If you think if you think that like you know switch Jaleel with that, so if it was Jaleel Covington and two picks for three, Jaleel
0: went third last year in a much stronger draft. And then, yeah, add- but I mean, don't don't we have a tendency to overrate? I mean, I love Covington, but I mean, I mean, we'll-
1: he's on a great deal at at the very least, and I think everyone sees him as a at least pretty good three point shooter with good small ball four potential.
0: Yeah, I guess. I, I, I thought it was, yes, I thought it was too much, but I don't know that, well, I, I don't know whose value is what. And yes, that would be surprising to me that Okafor's value would be higher than Nerland's, especially if what they're worried about is money and the cap is going up $30 million in the next two years, $35 million. Like money would be the last thing that I would worry about. I would worry about having a good player. But to be honest, I, I don't think either of them are worth much of anything or one of them would be gone at this point. You know, I think that's probably the bigger issue is that neither one of them has the value that I think we would hope. Because it's here's fair. here's the thing about Okafer is that even if you like him, there's just there's not really much of a place for him on the on the team. I just I, I there's don't not,
1: there's not anybody that thinks Okafor is better than Embiid, right? There's nobody that no. thinks
0: Well uh I don't know. You find somebody on Twitter to say I don't know. Um, I gotta go to bed. Or my oh, I knew you were gonna, gonna say those exact words. Well, we're at like an hour. That's enough. You know, we can do another one on Sunday if you want. I don't know what else to say.
1: Well, you better start scouting.
0: I'm. On, I'll start scouting. I'm just. I'm on vacation. My wife. She's in bed by herself. I can't do this.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll give you a couple guys I like. All right. Draft Fred VanVleet. I don't th- I don't think I've seen him point guard State. Wait
0: eight. a minute, isn't he the guy that killed Natalie Holloway? I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm
1: pretty sure he did. Okay. Um point guard out of USC, Julian Jacobs. Okay. Bouncy. Uh Elgin Cook, who's like a wing who can like sort of he's like kind of KJ McDanielsy out of Oregon. Um Wayne Seldon, Kansas. You know Wayne Seldon played yes. with MV to Kansas. Yep. Um and I would throw I've said that I like Brandon Green, also Kansas, and Cap Barber, NC State, but I would throw uh, Kyle Wilcher, Gonzaga. I would just like, let's see. I mean, he can't defend anybody, but uh, he can really hit shots. So I I would like him as like a summer league, a summer league fun kind of guy.
0: And also there was a guy in the draft. His name was Ivaika Zubak. Yeah, and then there's another guy named. There's a lot of Euro guys, man. A lot of crazy yeah, yeah. names. half
1: of the half of the first round was was uh, non American players, and it's, the Sixers took all three
0: non American players. How about uh, Pascal? Wait, what's this guy's name? Pascal Shockham. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, um, it's great, ana- great analysis. Yeah, <laughs> there's the Zizic guy. I love the uh, the Celtics taking. Uh Euros, because I know it just drove Celtics fans insane, them taking euros. I know it did I like because I know they had never heard of them, and that was driving them crazy. They didn't make the trade uh the genius Ainge didn't get anything done, and now they were taking foreign guys they had never heard of. It was awesome, yeah,
1: yeah it does feel pretty good,
0: okay. This has been the rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. This was a success tonight, so congratulations on this it really
1: from. it really really was, and let 's give it a you know obviously. We haven't really said his name much, but like, it wouldn't. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Sam. Like, yeah.
0: I mean, it's. There's I mean,
1: not. Jerry didn't do it. I mean, Jerry and Brian, especially since they didn't make literally any trades at all. They did nothing except for make selections in the spots that Hinky got them.
0: Yeah, and remember, we still have the Lakers lottery pick, likely lottery pick next year. The Sixers lottery pick with the 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 swap with uh sacramento Sacramento,
1: who like might even be worse than they were last year
0: yeah it's it's the way they he has them set up the the whole thing i texted you earlier this week it just felt shitty that he isn't here for it did i tell you a guy at our radio station got in touch with him today to get him on the air and he politely declined yeah, I, I retweeted that. Oh, yeah. It that's, Brian, Brian Haddad, is that it? it is? Haddad. Yeah, he's our, our night guy. Um, Him and uh, Turtle, our, our midday producer, the Mike and Ike producer, texted me today. It like They were like, we got Hinky on the phone for like two minutes. He said he wouldn't come on, but we got him on the phone. That cool. was nice. Yeah. But it the... Uh, If it wasn't for him, um, we wouldn't be here, and we'll always. I will always bring up his name. Always, I'm never going to let it die. And I will say, you know, never,
1: never going to let. It's like I think that people are hoping that eventually we be like, all right, well, you know, we'll get over it. We're not going to get over it.
0: No, never going to get over. it. And I, you know, I was looking at the signs at at the uh, Barclays Center today, and I was thinking he might be the most popular general manager ever, like in the history of the city. You know? Might. yeah not uh, not even in, in philadelphia anywhere just anywhere yeah i think
1: you might have the most like active fans yes anyway we're the weirdest do you people stop that. like do you stop th- like like thanking like kevin durant's mom for raising a nice <laughs> child of course That's not. yeah he, he's the mother of the process
0: yeah he is the the, the godfather um okay the godfather and the mother it's and the of mother of the
1: process yeah
0: this has been the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast proudly brought brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers always at L.L.Pavorski.com and 707 Walnut and uh, and uh, that's it and uh, we'll do another podcast soon I promise I'm sorry I went on vacation are you down with TTP
1: you should be sorry you're on vacation yeah and yes you know Lickface good job buddy alright
0: like your are it.